famed coaches, national champions, lottery picks, the best minds in basketball. Welcome into the sidelines with Evan Daniels. What's up, college basketball fans? Welcome back into the Sidelines Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Daniels, college basketball insider over at FS1, as well as the director of basketball recruiting at 24-7 Sports. Today's podcast's featured guest is Indiana Pacers guard and NBA All-Star Victor Oladipo. Oladipo and I had a conversation about why he flew under the radar in high school, his time with Dwayne Wade, and what he considers to be his career defining moment. Following that conversation with Victor Oladipo, I brought on the the man that coached him at Indiana, Tom Crean, and we discussed the first time he saw Victor Oladipo play, Oladipo's overall development, and if he's surprised by Oladipo's performance in the National Basketball Association. Before we get to those conversations, I want to make sure that you are subscribed to the Sidelines with Evan Daniels podcast. The best way to do that is to shoot over to Apple Podcasts and hit the subscribe button. You can also go to your favorite podcast app. Another way to support the podcast is to leave a rating or a review. That is very helpful. You can also shoot me a note over on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Evan Daniels. Now let's jump to that conversation with Indiana Pacers guard and NBA All-Star, Victor Oladipo. It's time to go minimum with Evan Daniels. Send it in, big fella. Now let's welcome in Indiana Pacers guard Victor Oladipo to the sidelines with Evan Daniels podcast. Vic, you uh, you just finished up your your first ever NBA All-Star appearance. What was uh, what was the highlight of the weekend for you? Just sharing the I think sharing the experience with my family and. Going out there for the weekend and and uh, just sharing it with them, my family and friends, and just the people who were there from the beginning. I think that was the highlight of the weekend. Obviously, the game was amazing as well. I was just blessed and fortunate to be a part of it. Now, I read that story by uh, by Lee Jenkins on you, and it, it mentioned in there that that may have been the first time your dad had an opportunity to see you play. What, what did that mean to you? I meant a lot for him to be there. It was the first time I ever seen him at a game physically, and it was a great one to come to, especially after a year ago around that time, just going over the meeting with him, just building a closer bond with him. So to have him there was awesome. It's something I always remember. If uh, if I had told you eight or nine years ago, uh, back during your high school days, that, that you'd be an NBA All-Star by the age of 25, what, what would you have said back to me? It sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I probably would have said that. <laughs> did did well, you? I probably would have said I, I think I can, but I mean I don't think I don't think I don't think you would have you would even said that you know I, mean, I don't think anybody around me would have said that or would even thought about me being as such. But I definitely had the dream and aspirations of doing so. so. And that's kind of what I, 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 I say that again. Listen, I still got a lot more work to do. That's kind of one of the things I wanted to talk to you about. I want to rewind to your your high school days for a bit. You flew uh, under the radar. You you weren't a highly ranked guy throughout your high school career. You didn't get a a ton of scholarship offers. Why do you think so many uh, guys like myself, evaluators, college coaches, misevaluated you back uh, when you were in high school? I mean, I just wasn't the most skilled. You know, I was – I guess you, I mean, in Demada, we played small, so I was pretty much playing the four. And I was like 6'2 at the time, and I was athletic, but wasn't really skilled. And I think guys were kind of afraid that I couldn't transition to a guard. 
because obviously they didn't want six two power forward. So I think guys were a little afraid of that. But uh, I think Coach Cream saw me and he he saw the potential and he figured that he could develop me into what I wanted to be. And I think that's what he did. So, the first time you met, forward. the first time you met with Coach Cream, what, what 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 did he say to you and what was his kind of vision? Um, he believed in my talent. He believed in me. He believed in me as a person, first and foremost, but then as a basketball talent as well. And he saw the potential. I mean, he saw the I could be really, really good, but I would have to put the work in. And he saw that I would do that. So, I mean, when you when a coach like that sees a guy like that that's that hungry, he's drawn towards him, especially a guy like Tom Green. So, He's the reason why I'm the man I am today, and he has a big influence on my life now, and and he did that back then as well. Now, you played at the legendary DeMatha, and, and you played on a loaded AAU team, team takeover, uh, always plays on the Nike circuit, one of the best AAU programs in the country. You played alongside side guys like James Robinson, Jeremy Grant, Jerry and Grant, Quinn Cook. Do you, do you think playing a, a around so many good players like that uh, may have led – to you flying below the radar too? I mean, it might have. I mean, we had a lot of great players, 13, 12 or 13 D1 players. So, I mean, it was kind of tough to uh, stand out, I guess, per se. But, I mean, I think that's the reason why we were so successful is because we had so many great players. And, uh, you know, I was just glad to be a part of it. It taught me how to play with great players too. And I might not have got the same, you know, same love or same recognition everyone else did, but I was still a part of winning. It seems like you're still pretty heavily involved in that team takeover program. What's kind of led you to, to give <clears throat> back and, and be so a part of it? I mean, cause they've, they've, they've been supported through pretty much everything. And I mean, they, I, that's where I first started playing AAU basketball and, and they believed in me back then too kind of what no one else would. And, you know, they, they kind of helped me change my mentality and just to have that dog and that edge to me. It was just great to be around them. I feel as though it's my duty to give back, you know, to guys younger, younger than myself coming up in the D.C. area who play for Team Takeover because uh, that's just how it should be. You know what I mean? It's, as I go through my, my years and, and, and striving for greatness, I got to give – the next, the next generation, the same blueprint. So that's what I'm trying to do. As a freshman in high school, you, you broke your foot. And my understanding uh, that soon after, uh, you were getting pushed to to potentially get into martial arts. Uh, how did that go, come about? Um, my dad just wanted me to go and, and expand my mind. have a sound body and a sound mind. And instead of kind of going to college out here he wanted to expand me and and stuff like that but now that I had the, the ability to play the game and Coach Crean wanted me to go to Indiana I kind of kind of kind of x that that other that other situation out so. <laughs> did did you ever uh did you ever mix it up did you, did you take lessons or no I never did that gotcha. I just went though all I did was play that's all I wanted to do. You, you mentioned Tom Crean. Um, I had a conversation with him last week, and he, he told me one of the first times that you met 
Dwayne Wade was at the end of, of your sophomore season at Indiana. Wade had come in to watch film with Coach Crean, and you sat in on it. What was Take me back to that experience. What was that like watching film with those two guys? I mean, that was a great experience, one I'll never forget, you know. Dwayne being who he is and, and for him to come in there um, and let me sit in on that and watch that was just a surreal experience and surreal feeling. He was in a playoff series uh, with the Pacers at the time, against the Pacers at the time. and It was, it was just crazy to watch that film. I mean, it was great to be in there and he didn't have to do that, but he did it. He let me come in and it was great. And it was something I always remember. You said to- Coach Crean um, helped uh, cultivate you into the man you are today. Uh, w- w- can you kind of describe that? Like, w- what type of impact did he have on your career and, and where you've been able to get to, uh, not only at the college level, because you obviously approved every step of the way there, but also the NBA level? I mean, he's had a huge influence. I mean, he's he's always there. You know what I mean? He's He's been a father figure to me since I was in high school. You know what I mean? He's, He's always got. He always knows the right thing to say for <clears throat> on and off the court purposes. He's just been a big influence on my life. You know what I mean? And he believed in me when no one else would. So I'll be forever grateful of that. And his, his relationship, his, his and our relationship, is more than just basketball. It always has been and always will be. Now your junior season at Indiana. Um, you really took off. You improved your three-point percentage from 20% to 44%. W- what do you attribute that change to? Was there any adjustment to your form? Was it just getting in the gym? W- what do you kind of attribute that to? Just shot selection and shooting better shots, honestly. I mean, I had worked really hard already on my jumper, but I think I was trying too hard to prove to people I could shoot instead of just playing the game and shooting just the right shot. I think I finally did a better job of that in my junior year, and it benefited for me. Now, you spent some time um, after after you met Dwayne Wade. You spent quite a bit of time working out with him, from what I understand. What have you learned from spending so much time around this 12-time NBA All-Star? Um, a lot, man. It's, words can't really describe how much I've learned on and off the court from Dwayne. I mean, he's been a mentor, a brother, everything you can imagine to me. And he didn't have to, but he did. He's taught me so much. He's helped me with my mentality and everything. And it's been great for me. And he's and he's still helping me now. So it's been it's, it's awesome to have somebody like that, a living legend and a Hall of Famer in your corner. So try to utilize him every time I can. Do you, do you see any similarities between the way you all play the game? A little bit. I mean, hey, it, it, it had it, it. It was going to happen because I mean, I, that's all I used to watch growing up. I mean, it was him. You know, he was he's my favorite player. Like that's who I used to try to mold my game after. So it's gonna it's good. We were we had the same college coach. So obviously, there's gonna be some similarities in there of us too. And it's, and it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. So That's a great thing. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I don't think he does either. So it's pretty cool. It's awesome. Uh, I think 
Vic, regardless of, of the career, the best at what they do, seek advice and pull from others outside of maybe Dwayne. Are, are there any other players that you would say have had a, a major impact on your career? Um, I think there, there's been a few. You know what I mean? Um, there's been a lot of people I've talked to from Isaiah Tavazik to Tracy McGrady to Chauncey Billups to Wayne Wade, KD. There's been a bunch of guys who who've given me advice that, that I'll never forget that they didn't have to, but they did. A lot of guys who, who, like I said, went out of their way to talk to me, and, I, and I've asked for advice, and they've given it to me. It's been nothing but helpful. So it's been amazing when you got guys like that to talk to you who are pretty much Hall of Famers. It makes you that much more confident in yourself and in your game. You know, I've, I've talked to a number of people that have spent time around you throughout your basketball career and, and one of the things that that kept coming up Vic was uh, your work ethic where does that drive to to get in the gym so much come from um I think I mean at the end of the day my parents instilled in me the mindset that if I want anything you got to work for it and at the end of the day that's I want it all I, I, and I told everybody like, I'm chasing number one whoever number one is that's who I'm chasing until I'm number one only way I know to do that, get there, is to work. In order to work, I got to get in the gym, and that's what I'm. That's what I'm focused on doing. That's what all I know is getting the gym and work. So that's what I'll be trying to do. I think it's safe to say that this has been the the best season of your career. Can you pinpoint um, a change, or has it more been the extra work, or or has it been the fit and the opportunity at Indiana? I think it's a little bit of everything. The fit, the fit, the work, um, the opportunity. I think a little bit of everything, and it's just all coming into motion and into place now. I mean, I still obviously got a lot of work to do, like I said, and I got to continue to keep getting better because I'm not where I want to be just yet. And I'm ready to put the work in to get there. Obviously, you're you're still young. You, you've got quite a career ahead of you. But are there any defining moments up to this point that that really stick up out to you as a in your basketball career? Yeah, getting traded twice in a year. I think that's a defining moment in my my career. Just getting twice and getting traded twice in a year. I think that was the most def- defining moment in my entire career so far of, of up to this point, and it's gonna be. I'm thinking it's going to be for the rest of my career. So that's where I'm at with that. Why so? Um, because, I mean, at the end of the day, um, getting traded twice in a year, people counting you out, writing you out. You could either go right or left. And I chose to go right. I, mean, that, I don't want to say that I didn't work hard before, but that made me go to another level. The experience with the All-Star game and this year just making me want to go to even higher level. It wouldn't have happened without getting traded twice in a year. So that's the biggest, I think that's the most uh, memorable moments in my career so far. 
When you say it, 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 it made you change from working a little harder, what, what did that look like? What, what did those changes you instilled look like in terms of getting in the gym? Just working on my mind and my body. Um, investing it in the summertime, realizing I got to work on my mind as much as I do my body. It just benefited me in those ways. Do you, do you think when, when players come into the league, they think about it that way in terms of, you know, you've mentioned working on your mind a couple of times. Like a, that's not something I ever see or hear high school players talking about. Is there like, is, is that something that, that maybe is a, a unknown when you come into the NBA? Yeah, I think so. I don't think people really realize that the mind is a, is a tool as well. And it's a muscle as well that needs to get worked on just as much as you work on all your other, other things and, your craft as well. So. You played your college basketball at Indiana, which we've gone through, but now you're excelling as an NBA player in the same state. What makes uh, – I'm sure that's pretty special for you in, in terms of the fan base. It's a lot of the same fans. How, how special is that for you? It's been great, man. Nothing short of amazing. The fans have been great. It's been a great opportunity. It's only the beginning of It's the first page of it of a long, long, long story. I'm just starting to write it, so I'm looking forward to seeing what lies ahead. I understand you have a, a passion for singing. Where where did that kind of come from? Uh, when I was a little kid, singing in the choir. You know, my mom kind of made me sing in the choir. My passion kind of just grew from there. Love singing, love music. It, um, it just, it's just how I've been pretty much my whole life. Do you have a favorite artist? Nah, I got nah, it's too many artists to have a favorite one, that's what I always say. <laughs> oh, before I let you go, Vic, I got to ask. It seems to be a D.C. thing, um, whether it's the takeover guys or Raw. Uh, everybody talks about the word feathery, and I saw you you were recently quoted in that Sports Illustrated story with it. Where, where does that come from? What does that well, – I, I have an idea of what it means, but in your words. Um. I think it's, it's a movement. It's the greatest of all goods. I mean, everybody, and I think it's unique because you can relate to it because whatever you feel is good, whatever you feel is is great in your life, that's what that's what's feathery to you. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, there's no wrong to feathery. It's, and, I, and I tell people it's not heavenly. It's right under that. It's feathery. And that's what makes it so unique. Vic, thanks for, uh, thanks for taking the time out and jumping on the podcast. I appreciate it. No problem, man. Thanks for having me. Now let's welcome in the man that coached Victor Oladipo at Indiana, uh, Coach Tom Crean. Coach, thanks for uh, taking the time out and jumping on the podcast. How are you? I'm doing great, Evan. It's great to be with you, and thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, when I spoke to Vic, uh, he told me that you played a, a major part in developing him uh, as a player, but also into the man that he is today. What, what's kind of your initial reaction when you, when you hear that? Oh, that makes you proud. I mean, there's no doubt about that because that's, that's what you ultimately uh, are trying to do uh, with anybody that you're coaching. And really, when you get a young man like, like Victor was, that was raised so well, that was surrounded by really good coaches. He was very respectful of coaches. And the people that he was around had a, had a great, um, you know, I think he had a young wisdom because he was around so many people that had wisdom in his life. So, like, he really knew the differences on so many things. 
And to be able to be involved in shaping his life when he's away from home for the first time and helping him uh, see what he had in him, see what he was capable of doing, and very, very importantly, very, very important, I should say, helping him get ready for what was in front of him. That, that to me, is, is uh, very, very rewarding to be a part of that. I think one of the things about Victor Oladipo – uh, coaches, and I, I, I would imagine that the, the everyday basketball fan doesn't quite understand this, but he was not this top 25 prospect in high school. He didn't have a, a boatload of scholarship offers. Do, do you remember the first time that, that you saw him play? Sure, I, I remember it vividly. I don't remember the exact gym, but it was on a Sunday night or late Sunday afternoon at a tournament, and I remember LaQuentin Ross was there from Mississippi. He was there. Uh, it was kind of one of those uh, in the area, but also some out-of-state team tournaments. And I was getting a chance to see him for the first time. I was still at Marquette and was just taken with his athleticism, taken with his uh, explosion, the way that he tried to dunk everything on the cuts. I just saw this raw young guy that, that was um, trying to fit into his team and it was a lot easier for him to, him to fit in because he played so hard. And he may not take many shots on the outside or have the ball in his hands a lot. But you couldn't take really, in my mind, you couldn't take your eyes off watching him because the threat of the explosive play that could come at any point in time. And then I remember observing him after the game right. and, and seeing how he was, you know, with his coaches, with his family. Didn't talk to him at all. But just kind of I talked to his coaches. But just really kind of stood back and watched it. And because I'd heard of him, and and Kenny Johnson and Keith Stevens had both said you're really going to like Victor Oladipo, and because we were recruiting Maurice Creek already, you know, at that point. So, to me, that's what I remember about him, and the rest just kind of took off from there over time. Why do you think he flew under the radar, so to speak? Um, you know, from a you know an evaluator standpoint, from a scholarship standpoint, like what 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 led to you saying, hey, I got to have that guy. Well, I think he was he was nowhere near, nowhere near a performance statistics. There weren't a lot of things that you could look at and say, okay, he's really got this now. Right. And I think that was some of it. And and I think you the intriguing part was the athleticism, the explosiveness, the quickness, the speed. But to me, it was the other things. It was how hard he played. It was his eye contact with his coaches, with his teammates, after the game with people. And then as you got a chance to talk to him, then to kind of see his spirit and his humbleness and the doubts that he had in himself as a player, but this drive, and I didn't even have a close idea what the drive was like until we had him with us. But you could tell he had a drive in him. But I think also he was always on really – good teams and and he was a part of really good programs Damatha had a lot of really good really good players at the time they were triple threat with Keith Stevens they had a lot of really good players and there were other guys that were much more guys that were stat sheet stuffers that were scoring a lot of points that were shooting outside jumpers and when you looked at Victor you didn't look at his jump shot and get excited you didn't look at his ball handling and get excited I really don't remember him being in too many pick and rolls but I got excited about the upside because I also knew what we were about when it came to skill development, player development. You know, we had had players that were able to get a lot better because they got the fundamentals day in and day out. 
in the details, and I could kind of see that in my own mind. So if I hadn't had the experience of going through it as a coach, I'm not sure I'd have been able to see it that way. Right. But there was enough there for me to think not only did we want him, but that he would be an NBA player at some point. In what area, once you did get your hands on him and he was at Indiana, in what area did you see him improve the most throughout your time coaching him? Poise, patience, decision-making. Uh, those were the things. He played so fast, and he rushed everything. Now, he could play so fast and create steals and get dunks and blow by people, but he was in too much of a hurry, so there'd be turnovers and bad passes, and he couldn't see the floor, and he'd shoot his jumper before he got his feet ready, or he wouldn't hold his follow-through because he was going on to the next thing. And I think all of those things really played into it. We just really tried to build his fundamentals and skills, hold him accountable for really working at being a great basketball player, not just a really great athlete that was good at basketball. And his shooting, here's a great example. His shooting as a sophomore, he shot 14% from three. We had to live with some of those. And if you're going to coach a guy to be an outstanding player, you got to live with some of the mistakes they're going to make on the court. The fans may not like it. Uh, your assistant coaches may not like it. But if you see something, you got to be willing to see it through. And that doesn't mean that it's always going to be easy. And I've, I've always had a pretty good appreciation for that as a coach because, uh, again, going through it with as an assistant coach with Morris Peterson at Michigan State or going through it as a head coach with, with Dwayne Wade and guys of that nature. So to me, it wasn't that hard for me in that area. But his shooting went to 47% as a junior. So, you know, from 14 to 47%, you said to stay with it. He, he became a tremendous ball screen player. He got so much better on the ball. Uh, when it came to defense and and so much better at uh, reading things. So to me, I, 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 those were the things. But so many improvements, Evan, but how he was able to slow the game down and play even quicker when he wasn't playing as fast was probably the biggest thing. Uh, I'm curious about his, his work ethic, Coach. It, it seemed like um, that that gets a lot of talk, and and even when in my conversation with him, you know, I asked him what his career defining moment was, and he told me it was getting traded twice in in one year, and that led him to working even harder. Did he always have that that type of drive and in work ethic? Yes, and a short answer, yes. What it's done is increased as he's gotten better. But he was he was in the gym the first summer that he was there with Will Sheehy at Indiana was the first summer of our really nice uh, practice facility, Cook Hall. And it was, it, I think we'd had the dedication in the spring. And it was, so it was the first full summer when he got there in June. And they were in there constantly. I mean, constantly. And we didn't have a lot of guys that were like that. Jordan Halls, who was a year older, was like that. But, but there weren't many. And he was in there with Will all the time. And it just continued to grow uh, throughout his time there. And, and, I was never worried about his work ethic at all as he moved on, continuing to develop and, be, and having people around him that would push him to go to high level because this is a great example. There's a two-part answer here. Dwayne Wade has got a great view of the NBA right now and young players or players in general. He says everybody in the NBA works hard but very or does extra work, but very few work on the right things. And Victor learned to really work on the right things but he also needed to be pushed. He needed to be, he needed to be held accountable for his details and his fundamentals. And I was always concerned that, that would there be enough of that when he went to the NBA and would the workout guys and would the people behind the bench, 
those coaches, would they really spend that time? Would his head coaches hold him accountable for the details and, and, and make that drive? Because if you're going to, you didn't have to do any coaching for his driver determination. You had to coach his fundamentals and his details and his decision-making. That's what you had to coach. And, it, and the desire was there. And so would he really get that? And I would say there were times in his NBA early life that he did, and I would say there were times that he didn't. So the most important thing was he going to get on the right train with that and, and, and have that every day. And I think that's been – and he's really had it more often than not. And, and, again, you put his drive and his intelligence at such a high level now, that's why he continues to improve. Are, are you surprised by what he's been able to accomplish at this stage? No, because – well, maybe a little bit because I didn't know in a sense of how good the Pacers were going to be. I knew if Victor got into a situation where he could play, um, he doesn't have to have the ball in his hands to be successful. And so would he be in an environment where they would utilize both? And I think he learned so much being in Oklahoma City, seeing how Russell Westbrook played and, and seeing the things that they did. And what I think he got in his mind that he could do those kind of things with the ball too. And I think I'm not surprised maybe how good some of their other players are in the sense of how well they shoot it. Um, but they're so well coached in there with Nate McMillan and his staff. I mean, there is no doubt. They got an excellent staff. Dan Burke, Bill Baino, Popeye Jones, uh, David McClure behind the bench. Tim Dather worked for us. He's now behind the bench with them. Like, I knew they had a really good staff. But to put those players around and have that infectious energy that he has helped make them better, and at the same time being a real ball movement offense, that's the kind of stuff that you don't truly know when he gets it. And I wasn't surprised at all after seeing in the summer that he would be able to go and play at an even higher level. So I am, I'm really excited to see what he's done. And to see his body, how he's changed his body, has been um, really good too because he's got a real discipline about maintaining his energy level, maintaining his nutrition doing all those kind of things. And that reminds me of how he was in college because he was phenomenal with that. But you get to the NBA, you can take it for granted. And I think he was probably in some environments where he took it for granted. And he worked hard, but he, but he didn't take that next step with his body. And after this summer, he did. That is great insight, Coach. I, I appreciate you taking the time out and then jumping on the podcast with me. Oh, absolutely. I always enjoy talking to you on it. And I absolutely love being able to talk about him because he is, he is, is, is determined uh, – and, and driven as anybody I could ever imagine. There you have it. Thanks, Coach. I appreciate your time. No problem. Thank you, Evan. This is Aaron Rodgers. They're going to air it out. Rodgers does this better than anybody. End zone. Cobb. Touchdown. Unbelievable. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. And you're listening to the sidelines with Evan Daniels. We'd like to once again thank Indiana Pacers guard Victor Oladipo and Tom Crean for taking the time out and jumping on the podcast. Enjoyed those conversations. Before I let you go, I want to once again make sure that you are subscribed to the Sidelines podcast. The best way to support this podcast is to do that. You can do that on Apple Podcasts and or your favorite podcast app. It would also be very helpful if you left a rating or a review. You can also let me know what you think about the podcast over on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Evan Daniels. Thanks for listening and have a great week.